So I was on a family vacation. Have you ever been on one of those family vacations where you get everything paid for up front, you know, sort of like an all-expense kind of thing? Um, so I was on one of those. It was Sandy Cove. I remember where it was. Sandy Cove. It's this great Christian... Um, it's this great Christian uh, uh, retreat place. And so they have these grounds, and it's wonderful. But because I'm the kind of guy that if it's like... All, you know how like if you go to, a, if you go to like an all-you-can-eat place, you eat more than you should? I'm that guy, because I'm getting my money's worth. I'm going to get my $8.99. I don't care what happens, right? Because I only go on lunch specials, right? And so I don't do the $12.99. That's for you rich folk. And so... Uh, so I, I go and I paid for everything, right? I paid for everything. And so that means I had to do everything. They even had like this, tr- this acrobatic thing where you did, I was like, I'm gonna do, I'll die, but I don't care. I'm doing it because I'm, I'm, I paid for this thing. And so my kids wouldn't go. I was like, y'all could go. Isn't this fun? They go, no. I was like, ah, well, somebody's got to use up this one because they ain't just getting my money. So um, they had this one thing. It was called a zip line. Somebody say zip line. Zip lines are crazy. What they are, if you don't know what a zip line is, it's a construction. Like, is there, there's this like a, there's this like construction here on this side, and then there's a construction here, and, and it could be like as long as like a football field. Like, I mean, it's just forever. It goes on forever. And then the the, the thing that connects the two uh, things, the poles, the construction side, is this sort of this uh, this wire, this like really strong uh, uh, wire. And so it connects the two poles, and the whole purpose of it is that you would get up, you would climb up about four stories high, and then you would get up on it, and that you would attach, like you would get the, the helmet, which, listen, why even put on a helmet, right? You fall four stories, helmet ain't going to help you, right? You're dead, right? Okay. And so, uh, but they give you the helmet, and they give you the, like, the contraption you step into, and you kind of work it up, and, you know, like that. And then you, you clip onto this thing, and what happens is, is, is as soon as you step off the, the, the platform, you do what? You zip on down, and it is fast, and it's fun, and it's, and it's all sorts of cool stuff. Has anybody here ever done anything like that? Yeah, it's kind of cool and kooky, and uh, yeah, 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 we have some daredevils. And so, okay, so... What happened was, is I was preparing myself, and I was like, I'm going to do this, I don't care, because, you know, I paid for it, and blah, blah, blah. So we're, I, I'm, I'm getting ready, I'm like two people away from, you know how like, the, you know, they only let one person up at a time. And so I'm about two people away, and there's a woman up on the platform. The woman on the platform, you could see, even though she's four stories up, you could see that she's having a moment. Okay? You know what I'm saying? She's having a moment, right? She realized that she put on this harness, that she put on this helmet, and that she walked up these. It's, four, it's like actual work, man. You've got to work up this ladder. And it's like four stories. It's not like stairs or anything. And some of y'all can't even make two stairs without going, woo, give me a minute, right? So could you imagine climbing a ladder for four stories? It was high. And so she realized that she had done all that work only to realize that she didn't want to go. <laughs> But there's no going back down. You can't. They don't, they don't even have, the, you know, they, you, you can't go back down. There's people who are coming up. So she was having a moment. And so you could see it. And, you know, so like it's a Christian place. So we were like, you know, move it. No, we weren't like that, you know. We were, it's a Christian place. So we were like, uh, don't worry, God is with you. You can do it. In Jesus' name. So we were all, like, as religious as we could possibly be. And so that's what we were, you know, we were saying that. They, and she, she just wouldn't go. And so I saw her, 
And as I saw her, I had a moment. (laughs) And I actually started to cry. I started to cry for her because I know what it's like to prepare myself to say yes to the Lord, to go to the place where only God can keep me and say, I can't go any further. I can't. To, 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 it's like, so she, she had to put her trust in this one little clamp. That's, that's the deal. That's the issue. The issue is that she has to put her trust in this one little clamp will hold her weight. And there have been so many times in my own life where I've said, yes, Jesus, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And I'll go wherever you ask me to go. And then he goes, Edwin, would you put the weight of your life, would you put the weight of your hopes, would you put the weight of your aspirations, would you put the weight of your dreams, would you put the weight of who you are and what you want to be, would you put all of that weight, would you trust it in me with only air under your feet? And I started to weep for her. Because I know exactly what that step was like. Today, as we've been in this series, we've been in this wonderful series. Hasn't this series been helpful? It's been helpful to me. And we've been in this series called Vertical. And we've we've been talking about learning how to pray. And in this series, as we learn how to pray, we've been looking at the model prayer that Jesus prayed in teaching his disciples how to pray. It's the Our Father. You already know it by memory. And so we've been looking at it with fresh eyes and seeing that these are real prayers and that they need to take time to sort of absorb because we've, you know how, like, you know how it is, right? Um, you, you, you get so consumed and so absorbed and like you can see something a million times and it stops being spectacular, you know? And so we've been taking, at the beginning of the year, we've been taking some time to sort of look at this model prayer and seeing if God won't help us to pray in this way. Well, we're in the part of the prayer where God is asking us to ask him for stuff because he's concerned about what your needs are and what your desires are. And he says, this one part of the prayer, it's, it's brilliant and it's powerful. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to warn you, I'm going to warn you, when we pray this prayer and we live this way, it's like, it's, it's like putting on a helmet. It's like stepping into a harness. It's like coming up four flights on a ladder. It's like stepping out on the ledge, clipping onto a thing that you don't know if it will hold your weight, and then going. It's going to feel like that. It's going to be, there's some, so this is, This is a tough prayer to pray. And it's my prayer is that you would have you would have known this incredible God as Father. Right? Remember, He's not your old man, but He's your Father. And my prayer is that you would know that your motivations matter to God, that we don't just go to God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. No, 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 no. Our motivation is to sit on his lap and to be with him. That we would pray first, thy kingdom come. 
Pray that kingdom come first, God. Your kingdom, not my kingdom, your kingdom. Not my agenda, your agenda. We would pray thy kingdom come prayers. Thy will be done that we would do what you ask and endure what you allow. You remember that last week, right? That we would stand under the will, the umbrella of God. And this week, that we would say, would you give us what we need? Because if you don't give it, we won't have it. So, it's with that understanding. Now, before we actually get into the text, I want you to know that today I'm fighting, listen to me, I'm fighting for your sanity. I'm fighting for your sanity. Because there are moments in life where your strength will not hold, where your ability will not be able to stand, where your Worry will consume and anxieties will rise. And if we don't start praying these kinds of trust you, God, give me what I need prayers, you will make some of the worst decisions in your life based on your fears and anxieties, not on the power of your God. And so there's a lot at stake here. There's a lot at stake. So I want you to listen in. And it's with that spirit of humility that we come to this text. Now, as is our tradition, every week, you know, one of the things we do here is that we stand at the reading of God's word. And the reason is because God's word is other than holy, magnificent, and glorious. And we realize that we're, we're, we're treading on holy ground when we hear God's word. So we're going to read this in full breath. Although we're going to read the uh, type. Remember, Jesus, this is not a prayer to just repeat back to God. It's a prayer to pray back to God. Jesus did not say, this is what you should say. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. And so remember, we've been taking each week. And you can use your own words, but this is a template. But we're going to go over it because it's good to be reminded of Scripture and how to pray. All right? So let's read it together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Yeah. Today our daily bread. Forgive us. But deliver us from evil. This is, in fact, you want, let's do another tradition, okay? Every time we finish reading God's Word, I want you to say, this is God's Word. Would you say that with me? This is God's Word. Let's just be reminded that this is God's Word. Not my Word, not your Word. This is God's Word. So let's say that together one more time. This is God's Word. And it is. Please have a seat. So God gives us this prayer. And He says this. Give us this day our daily bread. This, there is so much here. We could do a week-long seminar on just this aspect of the prayer. Honestly, the, the entire prayer is like that. Every word is pregnant with meaning. This, give us this day our daily bread. Let's look at the first two words. Just going to take it slowly. Because remember, we're going to be praying this back to God, but in our own words. And I want you to understand what you're praying back to God. Give us. Give us. Somebody say, give us. Give us. Give us. Now, 
This is, this is kind of offensive when we say, give us. Because in our prideful, especially guys, especially us, it's hard for us to say, give us. Isn't that true? I remember, anybody here ever been in a relationship where you didn't work, but your other partner worked? Anybody here ever been in a relationship where you, you right, right, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. I was, I was 18 years old, my wife worked, and I didn't work. I was 18 years old, I was still trying to look, I mean, my goodness, I still had pimples. And so, um, I, I didn't have a job, I didn't, uh, anything. And the thought of going to my wife and going, can I have five dollars for, you know, like whatever, you, you, right, like for the train and for lunch and stuff like that, made me mad, made me mad. I couldn't do it. It was very hard for my, for the, my culture, the way I was brought up. It's hard. I literally got up one day and I just, I, I went outside and I literally went to every, if it was a restaurant, I went in there and said, hey, are you guys looking for, you know, are you guys looking for anybody to employ? I did that all day long. I would just go down until I found a job. Like, it was horrible. And yet, this is exactly the way God wants us to live. Because there's this thing in us, this pride in us, that says, I earned it! It doesn't say, give us. It says, you owe us. Because I'm good, because I'm not acting out anymore, because I'm not going in that way. Look, I'm a much better person. I'm a, I'm a nice guy. I'm a good girl. I don't act this way. So what we really mean is, you owe us. But God says, no, that won't do. I mean, you're right. I do owe you. I owe you hell and damnation for all your sin and all, your, all the things that you've done. You're right, but I'm not trying to give you what you've earned. I'm trying to give you a gift. Give us. Give us because we need it. Give us because we don't deserve it. Give us because we don't merit it or earn it. Give us because if you don't give it, it won't be had. Give us because without you, we cannot have. Give us because we're holy, totally, entirely, forever and eternally indebted to your gift. We just finished singing. It's your breath. In our lungs. So we, what, what, what do we do? We pour out our praise. Right. That is the appropriate response to a God who has given you sight to see, ears to hear, breath to breathe, life to live. You go, no, 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 the money's mine, the stuff is mine, the car is mine. And I would just push back on you and say, okay, exactly how did you get that money? Well, you know, I work hard for it. Yeah, who gave you that ability to work hard? Do you think that came from you? No, 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 I went to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who raised you in that household where you had the ability to go to school? Why was it that you weren't born 600 years from now in some peasant village and died in anonymity with no education and desperate poverty? Why? Ah, I know why. Because God has given you, before you asked, God has given you. He's given you a school. He's given you a nation to be born into with relative freedom. He's given you a, a, a city to grow up in that has a scholastic system never before. And like, you know, school systems are only, like what, less than 150 years old. Give us. 
He's given it already. But he's saying, now I want you to be dependent. I want you to be conscious of it. I don't want you to miss the mark. I don't want you to forget. I want you to remember every day that you need to go to a king God who's good, who says, call me Papa. And say, Papa, give us. Because if you don't give it, it won't be had. Give us. Then he says, give us this day. Isn't that painful? That's painful. Who here, who here has ever or is now living from check to check? Who here? Right? How much fun is that? Right? It's a blast. I love it. Oh, my goodness. I run out of money on Friday morning and oh, I can't wait till Friday. Oh, good. I get my check. I hate that. Don't you? Nobody likes that. We Living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck is difficult. It makes you remind, it reminds you about how dependent you are on your job. It makes you anxious if you lose your job. It's just a whole bunch of anxiety, isn't it? God says, I don't want you to live paycheck to paycheck. I want you to live moment by moment, day by day. And we go, nah, thank you. Do you have another thing? Here's what I would like to, the prayer to have said. I would have liked the prayer to have said, give us this year. Give us this decade. Give us this lifetime, like a one-shot deal, right? Like, I, I want, give us this, right, because what do I want? I want? I want margin in my bank account, right? I want margin in my schedule. I want margin with my friends, right? I want, I want margin in my relationships. I want, that, so that, like, right, so that I go through month one. When I go, like, when I say uh, uh, margin, I want to, I don't want to have to worry about my friends, I don't want to have to worry about my kids. I don't want to have to worry about my relationships. I don't want to have to worry about my finances. I don't want to have to worry about that stuff. It's just too much. And so what I would like is like a year's worth. If you give me a year's worth, then maybe like month eight, month nine, I go, oh my gosh, I forgot. I got to pray. Give us this year. Right? Because I'm coming up on the end of the year, right? And so, oh yeah, yeah, I'll pray this, give us this year. So month eight or nine or ten, now I start praying, give us the next year, and then I'm good, and then he gives it to us on January 1st. I'm like, woohoo! Keep it moving, right? I wouldn't mind that, but God says, no, 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 no. Give us this day. Enough for our needs, not our greeds. Enough for what we need, not for what we'll gorge on. Give us this day. Oh, but, but you don't understand. I don't know how the relationship is going to work out. I don't know if he's going to stay. I don't know if she's going to go. I was like, give us this day. Yeah, but I don't know how I'm going to pay the tuition. It says, you know, I'm so, you know, it's so close to the deadline, and they said that if I don't bring it in, it's shh. What do you need today? But I don't know if I'm going to be able to pass the exam. It's so much stuff. It's like I got like 15, and midterms are coming up, and I don't know if I'll be able to endure it. And shh. Give us this day. What do you need today? Yeah, 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 but does that mean that I don't plan for next week or next month? No, feel free to plan for next week or next month, but ask for this day. Pray for it. Yeah, go, hey, God, you know, next month we're going to be going on vacation, and, or next month we're going to be, you know, uh, uh, planning that uh, investment, or next month we're going to be doing this thing. But give us this day. 
Give us this day what we need. And that can be very difficult. That can be very difficult. Because you might be in a marriage that you're like, oh my, pastor, if you understood, you might right now be going through a severe emotional uh, crisis. And you're like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to endure. You might right now be experiencing your reputation being drawn and taken through the mud. And you go, how am I going to go back to that workplace? How am I going to go back to that school place? How am I going to go back to that, that, that friendly place or that meeting? I just feel so embarrassed. And you go, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you need right now? Give us this day. And then he says something powerful. Give us this day our. Our prayers sometimes become strengtheners of our self-centeredness. Do you think you're the only one who's going through financial issues? Do you think that you're the only one whose marriage needs prayer? Do you think... The Bible is reminding us that when we pray, we pray our. Not me. Not mine. Not I. Do you think you're the only one who's struggling with your clean time? Or the only one who's struggling with uh, uh, being faithful? Or the only one who's struggling with uh, having a pure mind? Or the only one who's struggling with the temptation that you're struggling? Do me a favor. Look to the right. Look to the right. You're going to see the back of the head of the next person unless they're being disobedient. Look to the right. Yeah, you can do it. Okay. All right. Go, go, go. Don't be disobedient. Do it. Go ahead. Try it again. Go ahead. Okay, look to the right. You see their head? Okay, great. Now, look to the left. Look to the left. Look at the, Okay, right. Now, look at me. The back of the heads that you just saw, do you think that they don't have any struggles or issues or problems? Listen. Listen. I know they look good now. This is as good as they look all week long. Listen to me. They've got issues. They've got problems. They've got struggles. They've got temptations. They've got urgencies. They've got fears. They've got concerns. They've got every person that you just saw. And if your prayers are limited to just me and my and, 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 and what I need and what I have to have and what I... It, you, you start shrinking. Your life starts to shrink. You're, listen to me. Listen to me. Your life doesn't get bigger. It gets smaller. So when we pray for our daily bread, we're not just concerned with ourselves. We're concerned with the back of the head of the person who we just saw because they have relational needs and they have financial needs and they have housing needs and they have needs that are we might not know. And they have security and insecurity issues. And they have, they have all the stuff that me and you struggle with. They struggle with it too. So your prayer is never over when you're asking God for stuff. Then when you start, listen to me. You start going, oh, my dear sister. My dear brother. And it doesn't end there. We go, my dear community. My dear neighborhood. My dear zip code. And it doesn't end there. My dear city. And it doesn't end there. My dear state, my dear nation, my dear world. Because life is bigger than me and you. Life is bigger than just the stuff that we go through. And if you're going through it, this is what I know. That the people next to you, a lot of them, 
are going through the same thing. Think you're the only one who's going through a depression? You're not. You're not. When I've gone through the depression, when I've gone through depression, and my depressions aren't like, like a little sadness. My dep- you know, they go like, oh man, this morning I was feeling depressed, you know, and then like this afternoon I was like, whoa, I just feel better. That's not my story. My depressions are like the 90s were dark. I just recently went through a depression where it was nine months of 2012. So dark from, from like January all the way to like October, just in time. So in November, I lost my house and my car and my keys and my car and all that other stuff. I got out of the depression just in time. Because God is gracious and kind. But you think you're the only one who's lost everything? You think you're the only one who's had to start over? You think you're the only one who's going through depression? You think you're the only one who feels like they don't want to get up in the morning or whose marriage is falling apart and you don't feel like you're in love anymore? Do you think you're the only one who thinks that they'll never get a date or never get married? Do you think you're the only one? Do you think that you are the only one, beloved? Let me tell you what Jesus says. He says, our Because it starts with him. And we ask for us. Your congregation. Your pastor. Your elders. Give us this day. Was it? Our. And it's daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, Jesus put it as simple as daily bread. Some of us don't even think about it, right? Some of us throw, how much food do you throw away in a week or a month, right? It's not even something that you think about. The daily bread represents the needs that we have on a day. That's why in the beginning of prayer, does anybody do this? In, in, just before you eat, you pause for a second and, and, and pray to God um, for the food that you're about to receive. You, know, you thank them for it. Does anybody do that? Am I the only one who does that? My family, right? Okay, yeah, there's a few of us who do that, right? And the reason that we do that is because it's our daily bread. You know, thank you, God, for my daily Cheerios. Thank you, God, for my daily arroz con gandules. Thank you, God, for my lasagna. Thank you, God, for... Listen, thank you, God, for my Jenny Craig little 300-calorie thing, which, are, yeah, because I know it's the beginning of the year and some of y'all are still... Fighting with your New Year's resolution, right? Thank you for my Jenny Craig. I can't wait to have my little 100-calorie pop. <laughs> you know, the little, the little pop. All right, and so, and so you go, thank you, God. You Thank you, God, because this is the basic needs of life. Thank you for the breath that you've given me. Thank you for the health that you've given me. Thank you for the food that you've given me. It's a daily bread. But it doesn't end there, does it, right? Because you have basic needs, right? I need God. I need gas in the car. God, would you help me to get, ah, but I got a full bank account. I don't need to pray for that. Really? Be easy. Anybody remember 2008? Right? Whole financial system collapsed. People who were billionaires were like, you should see. We, and by the way, let me just say this. We are a church who cares about the weak and, and who, who provides for those who don't have. I don't know what we did this week, but uh, Alex found me um, and he just, you know, whenever he sees me, he tells me the report. 500 families. How many people is 500 people? Anybody know? 500, right? 
How many people is 500 families? Anybody know? It's a lot more than 500 people. 500 families. And the second thing that he said, he said, Pastor Edwin, you wouldn't believe it. We, we, we fed 500 families. I was like, that's, incre- that's, incre- that's thousands of people. And he says, you know, the face of, I, I, I don't know if this was Pastor Pedro or if this was Alex. Forgive me. It was one of them. But he says, you know, the face of the home, the face of the hungry, that's what they said. The face of the hungry is changing. The face of the hungry is changing. It used to be, you know, smoked out, you know, homeless, why no come to the thing, we just provide for them and whatever, you know. But it's different now. It's people are working and, 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 the, and the issue is, are they going to buy a few more groceries or are they going to pay the light bill? And so we provide for them and, 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 and you provide for them. When you give your finances, you provide. Do you know that someone else is asking for daily bread and you, by your generosity in this church, are answering their prayers? Did you know that? You do that. You do that. You do that. I'm not pointing to y'all who don't give. I'm pointing to y'all who do give. Y'all who don't give, God is going to do it without you. But wouldn't you want the joy? Don't you want that? Daily bread, the things that we need today. Now, could it be that asking God for your daily bread is enough for what you need, but still be ungrateful for what you don't have? I can tell you I know a lot of people like that. That God has faithfully given you what you need but you're not grateful. For what, you know why? Because we're not, going back to, we're not going back to this prayer. God, I, everything, give us. Everything comes from you. So what happens? So I, uh, something happens in my life. Uh, I lose the place that I have to stay or, or something like that. And I, I go, God, would you give us this day a daily shelter? Would you give us this day? And, and you know what God gives? God gives a warm coat. And he says, you're going to be on the street today, but I'm going to provide you with what you need to survive this day. And we go, no, I don't want that. I want a nice house. I want two bathrooms. I want three bedrooms. No, 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 no. Take the coat because it's going to be cold out there. Give us this day what we need. We have a circumstance with our, uh, uh, with our work and we're like, oh, my goodness, I can't. We get fired or, 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 or the business goes under and we can't provide for our family. We're concerned. I, I have conversations with other people a lot. And, um, and I was talking to, with, with this one person. You ever, are you, have you ever been in a room with people who love Jesus more than you do? I just get fired up by those people, right? They just love Jesus more than you do. And you could tell, right? You don't, you don't need, you know, nobody can convince you otherwise. Ah, you know, you love Jesus. No, listen, this guy loves Jesus more than I do. This is clear. So I'm here with, a, and I'm sitting, and, and, and we're, we're in his place. And through no fault of his own, a business that he had built up for, for years. I don't know how long it was. It could have been two years. It could have been four years. I don't know. But he had built it up for years. He had lost in... I want to say less than three months, he lost his apartment, he lost his place, he lost his business, he lost everything. It's not because he picked up and used or anything like that. He loves Jesus. It's just stuff happens that's outside of your control sometimes. You ever been there? And so I'm sitting there, and it's like a sensitive moment. He's telling me, 
how disgruntled and sad he is and how a depression he's going through is sort of depression. And he goes, you know what, Pastor? This is the first time in, and he mentioned how many years, I don't know, five, seven years, I can't remember. He says, this is the first time in five years that I haven't been able to provide for my family. And God in that moment gave me an insight that I didn't have before. I was like, you provide I was like, your problem is not the provision. Your, pro- your problem is pride. You actually think that in those five or seven years, it was you who was providing. You actually believe that the daily bread came from your hand, not God's hand. You believe that the building up of the business was your strong work, not God's great grace. You actually believe that the plenty that you received was from... Listen, God has been providing for you those five years, and he's providing for you this year too, only he's not doing it with your help. How do you like them apples? You see, we get arrogant, we get proud, and we say, look at the work of my hands, and God is saying, no, beloved, come back, come back. Give us, because we don't deserve it. This day... Because we need it moment by moment. Our, because it's not just all about us. Daily bread. Because God can provide. God provides for your needs, not your greed. So if you don't get those $300 jeans, be grateful, right? Good night. $300 jeans. You know, you know your legs aren't that sexy. You understand that, right? You don't need no $300 jeans, right? My gosh. Walmart sells the same jeans for like $12.99. <laughs> like, no, I need a fat Buddha on my jeans. I remember I was walking, true story, I'm walking uh, in the mall, and I see the, the you know, the, the fat Buddha store. And so I go, um, and so I go in, and it's like, it's like, what was it, like 30% off? Or 80% off. It was like a ridiculous percent off. I was like, I'm going to get me fat Buddha jeans. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to go in there because it's like, I, I think I'm going to beat the man and stuff like that. And I said, and I looked at the price and it was like $360. And I thought to myself, y'all are stupid. Who buys this stuff? Like who actually works hard and thinks this is a good trade? Okay, you know, these jeans, $27. Man, I want to take my wife out for Valentine's Day. And so, okay, so that had to do nothing with what we were talking about. My point is, my point is, don't buy Buddha jeans. No, I'm kidding. My point is, my point is, is that God gives us what we, what? Need. Now watch this. Here's the big idea. I've, I've said all of this. Listen to me. Because you're going to get worried. You're going to get anxious. You're going to get nervous. And the reason you're going to get nervous is because you're going to think that God isn't able to provide. And if he do, I'm telling you, if he doesn't provide the apartment, he provides the coat. If he doesn't provide the three square meals, he'll provide the, the, the PB&J. Like God provides. If God, if you don't provide the meal, you will provide my body with the strength to endure the hunger. But you will provide because he's a good God. Not about your greeds. Here's why. Listen to me. This is the big idea for today. This is all I want you to learn today. Because God can be trusted. 
no matter where you are in life, no matter where you are in your relationship, no matter where you are, listen, no matter where you are in life, God can be trusted. No matter where you are in your relationship, God can be trusted. No matter how concerned you are about your food, God can be trusted. No matter what your fears are about your children, God can be trusted. Listen, listen, listen. No matter how concerned you are about coming up on that clean time, that every single time you seem to come up on it, you slip up, you fall off the wagon, you relapse, you, you just, you kind of fall to that temptation. Hey, listen to me. God can be trusted. God can be trusted. And so every day we want to be able to pray prayers that remind us that God can be trusted. Now, we're going to hear a testimony of someone who trusted God. And let me just say, her story has a happy ending to it. Here's what I've learned. God can be trusted to get that loved one off of their deathbed. Or he can be trusted to give me the strength to endure the pain. God can be... Ah, but some of y'all don't even think about God like that. God can be trusted to keep my wife faithful. Or he can be trusted to mend my broken heart. God can be trusted. Listen, listen, I didn't say give us what we want. God can be trusted. God, whatever comes our way, whatever circumstance happens, you go, oh, but pastor, didn't you say that God could be trusted? Yes, he can. But sometimes it's, it doesn't look like what we want. But God can be trusted. Are you, are you willing to pursue a God like that? Let me tell you something. God is, God, let me, God is good, but he's not safe. Do you know that? God is good. He's not safe, man. People who say, oh, you know the safest place in the world is in the center of God's will? They've never walked with God. I've walked with God for a few years. I've been homeless three times. I've been told, listen, I've experienced pain like you can't imagine. been backstabbed by people that I've sacrificed for. Loved wrongly by people that I've tried to love well. Think the safest place is in the center of God's will? You have no clue. I'm not saying that it's safe, but I'm saying that he's good. And God can be trusted. With that, we're going to ask Sister Liz to come up and share her testimony. So we decided to get married, and I longed to have a child. So eventually I got pregnant. Um, I gave birth to my son, Christopher. We have two children, Esther Marie's 21, Christopher's 25. Um, and when Christopher was born, he was born with a rare illness called Schwagman-Diamond Syndrome. Um, 
this illness entails the child is unable to thrive, gain weight. Um, he wasn't able to fight infection, therefore we spent, or I spent, a lot of time in the hospital with my son, being that my husband at that time somewhat had disconnected. Um, so not only my child is sick, but my relationship is shambles. Um, so in hearing about God, I came to the Lord with expectations about, you know what, this God can heal. Um, coming to the Lord emotionally, I was wrecked because as a mom, you want your child to be born healthy. Um, when you're in a relationship, you want your relationship to be healthy, to work out. And these two important things in my life was not working out for me. Um, every time we took my son to the hospital, I said, this is it, because according to men's report, and according to doctors, they used to tell us, you know what, with his illness, he's not supposed to live past five. And whenever you bring him in because of his lack of, of, of him not being, to fight, being able to fight infections, he would end up in the hospital a lot with different antibiotics. And many times he was allergic to the antibiotics. So we spent many, many days, many nights in the hospital. Um, but God, in his sovereign grace, took hold of my heart. And when I came to the Lord, I came with expectations. And my expectation was, Lord, you're going to heal my son. And time went by, and God did not heal my son. However, he captivated my heart. Mm. And in that transition, um, as I kept coming to church and hearing about the power and the miracle work in God that I started to serve, my trust began to get greater in God. And I made him my heavenly father. And I began to cultivate this relationship. And in cultivating this relationship, I began to ask God, God, you know what? Not only are you able to heal my son, you're able to provide the medication that he needs. Because at that time when he was diagnosed, there were only 100 cases diagnosed as a rare illness. And therefore, there was no medication, um, no nothing. So now my trust has to begin to grow in this God that I don't see, but yet I'm able to hear what he has promised me. And I began to pray, Lord, provide the, provide the medication, provide the medication for my son. And notice I said, my son. I was concentrating on what I needed. And time went by, and as the message said today, you know what, I didn't get my answer right away. But the Lord provided for me on a daily basis the peace and the comfort and the strength that I needed to be able to help me to endure this, this turmoil that I had within my soul. Mm. And eventually, as I continued to pray, the Lord somewhat turned my... I had to change my prayer around. And I said, Lord, I have the faith that you can heal my son. Before I got to this place, I had to surrender my son and my husband to God. Mm. I said, Lord, whether you heal my son... Or whether you save my marriage, I am going to follow you anywhere you take me. I am going to serve you for the rest of my days. And I continued to pray. And I said, Lord, provide medication not only for my son, but provide medication for those parents that don't have faith that you're the God and that you're able to do miracles. Amen. And I continued to pray. And my brothers and sisters, 
trusting in God, he says that if we trust him with all our hearts, he will not leave us to shame. Mm. And by the grace and the power of the God we serve, he provided the medication. Amen. And so now my son, who was supposed to not live past five years old, is 25 years old. Amen. My marriage that was in shambles got restored. And by the grace of the Lord, we're 26 years married. Amen. (laughs) And so my selfish prayer, I turned it around and I said, Lord, not only for my son, but for every other child and every other parent that find themselves in turmoil in their minds and in their hearts. God, provide and our God is our provider, and it's my Heavenly Father provided what I needed, not only for me, but for others. And so, thank you for hearing this, and I pray that the Lord may just engrave this in your heart, that God Amen. is trustable. Amen. God is dependable. Yes. Amen. 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 God can be trusted. Now, Let me just say this. You know what happens? You know what happens when you start praying this prayer and trusting God? When you go, give us, because if you don't give it, I can't have it. Our daily, because we need it moment by moment. Give us this day, our, because it's not just about me. I need to pray for others. Daily bread the things that I need for the day, like peace and healing of a broken heart and all the other things that we need this day. As we pray that, you know what happens to your heart? Two things. You start feeling a sense of contentment with what you have. You don't need the latest and the greatest. You don't need to continue upgrading the phone. You don't need to continue to, you know, redoing the plan or buying the newest car or getting the fanciest clothes or you don't need to continue doing that. You know why? Because you're content. You go, oh, but they have, well, that's what God gave them. That's what they needed. God knows me. He knows what I need. And so I could, contentment starts to, you don't start, listen, You don't start comparing your grades to their grades, your skateboard to their skateboard, your clothes to their clothes, your wife with their wife. You don't start doing that. What you do is you just go, thank you. Thank you. So you start feeling content. Contentment starts to replace anxiety, worry, and concern. Contentment. And second thing, thanksgiving starts to well up in your heart. That when you pray this prayer, you're just grateful. You just start being grateful for the, oh man, God, you've done it, you've provided, you've done it, you've given, you've... I want so bad for that to be your story. You know, I never did finish the story about the girl on the zip line. We, uh, as I cried for her and I saw her up there, we tried to encourage her, you know. We said, ten, nine. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, 
one. She didn't go. She stood up there. And I just wept with her some more because she was trying. She, she would go. She would, you, you ever been torn like that? Where you go, I want to trust. I can't do it. No, no, no. Oh, I just, and she was just kind of going back and forth. We did that several times. And I just started to pray for her and I started to pray for me. I was like, God, sometimes that's just me. That's just me. It's me my whole life. So I started to pray for her and I prayed for me and I prayed for us. Not us in this room, the people who were around at that time. And we did it again. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And she went. Listen to me. Today's your day. Now is your time. You've been shuffling around with this Jesus thing and you're not sure. You go, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I could actually trust Jesus with my life. What will he do with my relationships? What will he do with my finances? What will he do with my commitments? And will he make me like these freaky Jesus freaks? And will he do, you know, what will he do to me if I give my heart to Jesus? I, I, listen, it, today's your day. Now is your time. Don't let this moment pass by. God can be trusted. Not only can he be trusted, listen to me, listen to me. Not only can he be trusted, not the, the Christians know that God can be trusted day by day, moment by moment, because God not only provides for our day, but he's provided for our eternity. Because there was one day where God came from heaven to earth. And live the life that you should have lived, but you did not, and died the death that you deserve to die. He died on the cross and rose again on the third day. And he said, it was like, man, God, I'm concerned about my sin. And he says, I could be trusted for your sin. And I'm concerned about my eternity, where I'll spend the rest of eternity. Will it be in heaven with you or separated from you in hell? And, and Jesus says, I can be trusted. Watch this. He stretches out his arms. He dies. He goes into the grave, rises from the dead, and gives you, trades your sin. He says, I'll take your sin. I'll give you my righteousness. He says, I can be trusted for your eternity. Do you think I could be trusted with your girlfriend? Do you think I could be trusted with the school you're supposed to get into for college? Do you think I can be trusted with your health? Do you think I can be trusted with the circumstances of life? Listen, I tell you, there is one who rose from the grave. He says, Jesus, how are you going to come back from the dead? Trust me. I got this one. And so my prayer for you is that you would trust, that you would know that God could be trusted. Now is your time. Listen, for those of you who have never given your heart to Christ, I've got two things to share. One, for those of you who don't know Jesus, today's your day. Now's your time. Listen, it's your countdown. Now, in about 10 seconds, I'm going to ask you, it's about 25 seconds. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you want to give your life to Christ. What that means is you're going to make Jesus the authority, the trustable one. You're going to say, I'm going to give my life and my future and my hopes and dreams. I'm going to give them over to you. I'm going to also give you my sin, my shame, my guilt, my contempt, my bitterness of soul. I'm going to give you all of me, broken and all, warts and all. I'm giving it all 
to you. Would you save me? And Jesus says, trust me. It's going to happen in about 15 seconds. Are you ready? What I'm going to ask you to do is just simply raise your hand if that's your story. You want Jesus to take your sin and give you his righteousness. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five. Today's your day. Four, three. Don't stop now. Two, you're close. One, shoot your hand up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are a glorious God. And you can be trusted. You can be trusted, oh God. Now, watch this. Now, watch. We celebrate for you. We celebrate for you. We celebrate for you. We celebrate for you. Listen to me. Now you don't have to be the boss. Now, you know what you could do? You could say, you could say to your former boss, which was you, take this job and shove it. And you can allow Jesus. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You're like that old um, R&B song. Remember that? I'm in love under new management. Yeah, that could be you. Jesus is coming. He has taken control. He will rule. He will reign. He will guide. He will lead. We will surrender. We will rest. We will trust. We will know that He is worthy. But there's a bunch of you here who've already surrendered your life to Christ, but you live in such worry and chaos and fear and concern and anxiety that you hardly know what to do with yourself. Listen to me. You don't know what to do with yourself about your kids. You don't know what to do with yourself about your past. You don't know what to do with yourself about your hurts. You don't know what to do with yourself about your finances. You are just full of anxiety. Today, I just simply want you to declare, God can be trusted. Now, in your... Every week we've been giving out these prayer cards that are teaching you how to pray. So you could pray this prayer that we just talked about. You could pray it this entire week. Eat every day this week. Go, God, give us. Because we can't have... This day, because we need you moment by moment. Our, it's not just me. Josefina needs a, a, a better relationship. Lord, fix Josefina's relationship. Lord, fix Jamal's financial situation. Lord, fix, you know, just help Sir, sir right? Our daily bread. God, give us what we need, not our greeds. Give us the house of the coat, whichever you prefer, Lord, but we're going to trust you. So that's going to teach you how to pray that if you just follow that, right? The instructions are to the far left. And then in the middle, it says pattern, priority, pray, uh, God's uh, passions. And just do that. Just go through each one. Write down the people's names and all that. Thanksgiving and contentment will well up in your soul. But in the back of it, you'll see a facsimile of the back of a $1 bill. Do you see that? It's in your, your, get your blue card out, your blue prayer card out. It's in your bulletin. And here's what I want you to do. I'm writing it down now. I'm going to ask you to write it down. And do you see the one thing that's missing from that dollar sign? Yeah, right. And so what I want you to do is write what I'm writing. 
And here's what I'm writing. God can be trusted. God can be trusted. Every time you take a dollar out of your pocket, every time you're putting your stuff together, you go, whoa, 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 I remember, I remember, I wrote it down. God can be trusted. You go, man, this hospital situation is a scary one. I need change. Do you have change for a dollar? Oh, wait. God can be trusted. You're concerned about whether God... Listen, God can be trusted. Every time, every time you take a dollar out of your pocket, I want you to be reminded. God can be trusted. He's dependable. Will you trust Him? Yeah. Father, I pray for my friends. I pray, oh God, that you would give us a trust that is radical, that's crazy, that's amazing, that people would call us out of our minds over our trust for you. Lord, that we would trust you, not as a manipulative tactic to get what we want, but we would trust you no matter what you do, to heal our loved one or to heal our broken heart after they die. To give us the house or to give us the coat. To give us the food that we need or the strength to endure the hunger. We trust you, God. And we know by trusting you that that will bring, that will replace our anxiety. That will replace our uh, fear. That will replace all those negative worries that we have. And replace replace it with contentment and thanksgiving. Because God can be trusted. Do you believe that? If you believe that, say amen. Stand with me. Let's sing together.